Hi there, and welcome to this episode seven of the ADHD Adult UK podcast. I'm James Brandt, co-founder of ADHD Adult UK, and as usual, sadly, I'm joined by the perfectly spherically faced Captain Alex Connor. What's new, pussycat? Whoa. <laughs> Can I? Do I get a veto on this? At all. I mean, I know I don't have any power inside this organization, but can I veto some of these? Because that was just shit. <laughs> no, none okay, at all. Brilliant. Moving on swiftly then. Um, welcome back to the ADHD at UK podcast. As usual, our podcasts are just a tragedy. I'll leave it there, Al, I think, really. <laughs> no, they're a tragedy in three parts. We choose a theme. The last uh, podcast episode, we covered ADHD in the workplace. And what we do is we talk about a little bit about psychoeducation, then some personal reflections and top tips. And what we're doing this week, this episode rather, we're covering the um, that most hilarious of topics, um, familiar with most adults with ADHD, and that's crippling anxiety. Oh, so it's we'll going to start... be a laugh a minute today. <laughs> it is a laugh a minute indeed, Al. So we'll start off with a little bit of the evidence-based information. So what is anxiety and what, why do we get it? We'll then have some probably hilarious personal reflections on how anxiety has impacted us as adults with ADHD before we move on to give you some tips, hopefully, um, uh, in the final part of the program. So, Alex, why are we talking about anxiety on a podcast for adults with ADHD? A good question, as always, James. Um, First things first, what is anxiety? What does it mean? Because it means more than sometimes feeling anxious. It should mean that, but it doesn't. It means frequently feeling stressed, feeling nervous, uncomfortable, or or being actually frightened in objectively normal environments. This next bit might be familiar to ADHD <laughs> people as well, because anxiety can affect relationships, can affect work, can affect your studies, and can affect your daily activities. That's something that everyone says about ADHD. This is so similar to ADHD in fact, that it is often hard to diagnose, which you have. So to answer your question, um, we're talking about it because it's really, really common for adults with ADHD to have anxiety as well. So, I mean, when you say common, how common? Saying that, I've got some statistics for once, Alex. (laughs) I've done some research for for this episode. But um, when you say common, Alex, how common? It's half. James, you're not a bunch of freaks if you have this. Half of all adults, going to an American study, have ADHD anxiety as well. What have you got? Tell me your facts. You've got numbers. I like numbers. I have got numbers, yeah, and it comes from the same study, which was done in about 2006. And I won't go through all the different um, anxiety disorders they cover, but I think it's it's startling when you look at it. So you're right, about 47.1% of us with ADHD as adults (laughs) have some have some form of anxiety disorder. And if you compare that to the general population of less than 20%, that means it's kind of almost two and a half times risk, if you like, uh, of having an anxiety disorder. And within those different disorders, whether it's generalized anxiety or post-traumatic stress, et cetera, there were a couple of numbers that really jumped out for me. The first was social phobia. And adults with ADHD, almost a third of us, so 29% have social phobia compared to less than 8% of adults without ADHD. And that's a massive, massive difference. And it's one of the it things is... that I know I am going to talk about in my personal reflection. Sorry, you, you were saying... No, it's just such a big number. Let's click. Nearly a third of adults with ADHD have social phobia compared to 8% of the population. And that is... All this superpower thing of people with ADHD have been 
bubbly or yeah. <laughs> outgoing or life and soul of the party. Yeah, often masking, often because that is sort of a way of, of, of yeah. coping, of living. That is incredible. No, it is. The other the, the other statistic I thought was worth mentioning because it's it's a it's an anxiety disorder where people often see kind of similarities um, in between the two. And that's OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. So whilst there are definitely shared traits, diagnostic or diagnosable OCD occurs twice as often in adults with ADHD as it does in the general population. So about 3% of ADHD adults also have obsessive compulsive disorder compared really to just over, just, over, just, yeah, just over 1%. And that gives you an indication. That's just a couple of the different anxiety disorders about how much more common anxiety is if you've got ADHD. I love this uh, compulsion versus impulsiveness that we have. Yeah. Impulsion. When, when I have whatever ticks I've got that or, or needs that an obsessive compulsive person might have as an ADHD person and all the people I've spoken to, I don't think something bad's going to happen if I don't click my pen. I don't often even know I'm doing it. I don't care. I've got no emotional attachment to it. It's not a compulsion because of some perceived. Yeah. But how do you feel, but how do you feel emotionally when you notice you're doing, this is something that we'll talk about. And it's certainly um, uh, with, with Mrs. ADHD, there are, there are some issues which I know can cause great distress. If somebody notices, for example, that they, that they have a tick, um, and start to notice it more. One of the things we often talk about, and both of us when we're coaching people or talking to each other is when people get diagnosed is we often start to to spot our ADHD traits more, largely because we're hyper-focusing on them, but also because we now know what ADHD is. And if one of your ADHD traits is a tick or ticks, then it can be really distressing actually to to, to notice them and to feel that you don't have control over it. So how do you feel with your your pen clicking? Um. The RSD kicks in if you get told off, but I have I mask so many things. I, I we talked about this earlier, James, just when we were on our own, didn't we? Where I bang it against my hand instead of my table mm. so it doesn't make a noise. I I don't say um very much or uh because I've I masked it over over the years and I uh I'm often <laughs> I'm often surprised if someone draws attention to it, or even if I notice it myself because it's subconscious. Yeah. So no, I, okay. Go on. Okay. No, no, no. I was about to say I, my, I have a, I have a very hidden compulsion, which we'll we'll come back to I think in a future episode because it's really fucking weird to be honest. Um, but I feel uh, intense shame and self-loathing when I do it because I don't understand it, and I think that's part mm. of the problem. Is if you don't understand why you're doing something, it can really upset you. But please, please carry on talking about it. I'm making a note now that he's got to be a podcast episode <laughs> of series two. Okay, but we're talking about anxiety, and that is linked to those things, of course it is, as OCD is. So ADHD and anxiety are very highly linked. For some people, anxiety is an actual comorbidity of ADHD, existing as a separate fun disorder that you can have as well. All comorbidities are a bit of a nightmare for treating ADHD. It makes it much more difficult. Of course it does. And it isn't known if that's a genetic reason or biological reason or environmental or something else. For other people, it isn't a comorbidity. The anxiety might be caused by living with ADHD in a neurotypical world. I think that's the case for me. So constant masking or feeling like you don't belong or feeling like a failure, like I'm not a proper boy, as I always used to say, it's a recipe for stress and anxiety. So it's kind of no wonder that half of all adults with ADHD have anxiety issues from 
medical point of view, a trained health professional will be taught to figure out which of the ADHD or the anxiety is causing you the most life problems and they treat that as a priority. They haven't got a manual to refer to, really, other than the DSM-5, that tells them because it's it's very much a holistic problem. And that's why we need very well-trained health professionals. It's 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 also it's also got to be that there's got to be an element of this is the, the, the world's worst fucking analogy ever of, of chicken and egg with anxiety and ADHD is as you've said knowing whether or not the anxiety you've got is because of your ADHD or is genuine anxiety because m- many people who get misdiagnosed or don't get diagnosed with ADHD for long periods of time often will get a diagnosis of depression or anxiety or um, or addiction. Or, or many other issues, whereas actually it could be ADHD underneath that causing those issues. So with anxiety, it's one of the things you would expect that a healthcare professional would have on some kind of kind of red flag tick list in their head that, oh, anxiety, this could be somebody with ADHD as an underlying cause, but that doesn't seem to often be the case. You're absolutely right. And that's with before diagnosis. Here's the real kicker, James. Even after diagnosis and treatment, there is evidence that in some people... The anxiety is relieved by taking the stimulant medications of ADHD, whereas in some people, the 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 anxiety is increased by those exact same drugs. It's really, really, yeah. really frustrating. It, it is. So Alex and I um, now we are um, kind of marginally more professional than we were maybe a few years ago when it comes to our approach to ADHD. I borrowed some of Alex's methylphenidate uh, a, a while a while back. <laughs> Um, and because I thought we thought at the time I might have ADHD and I didn't take it for ages, for absolutely ages. And then one day I thought I'll give it a bash and had massive anxiety from it. And that's one reason why I never didn't seek an, uh, a diagnosis for years later. Um, and I know now that my medication, Lizdex amphetamine massively lowers my threshold for anxiety. So I haven't taken meds for about a week because I've had uh, sinusitis, been a bit poorly. There's no point. I just want to kind of lie in bed and eat rubbish food and obviously uh, the stimulants tend to suppress appetite took my first one this morning and i'm a mess i'm a mess today trying to even focus on this um my watch is beeping and that's causing me massive anxiety um, I, it. so, I know exactly so i'm really i'm really really struggling because it's the first day i've taken uh not even the full dose of, of, my, of my adhd meds and my threshold for anxiety is miles lower than it normally is and that means what people say affects me more what's happening tomorrow i'm worried about the next couple of weeks are are freaking me out all the different ways in which anxiety manifests itself for me um are worse today than they were yesterday and today i'm medicated and yesterday i wasn't (laughs) (laughs) james and i were just looking each other on (laughs) On our streaming thing to see who was supposed to be talking. It was James, everybody. It's James. He's it supposed was, to be asking yeah. how anxiety can be treated and what can you do it was, about it. It was, it was, it was definitely me. Um, because we <laughs> went slightly off track, believe it or not, for two people with ADHD. So, yeah. So, so that I think the two things that are important, obviously, because so many people have anxiety, is is there a way it can be treated, Alex? But importantly, so the answer is not quickly, James. Um, okay. It, it takes a long time, and the NHS correctly recommends you seek cognitive behaviour therapy type therapy from a licensed practitioner. They've got lists, and they're really good. If you have, this is for anxiety specifically, um, because they will combine it maybe with with 
benzodiazepam or SSRIs. These are medications that are that either reduce your uh, adrenaline response or, or or your depressive response. There are other psychotherapies and evidence-based treatments out there, but it you have you're in you're in for the long haul with anxiety. It's a yeah. long-lasting disorder. So, and what about in the moment? Because I mean, obviously, if there are treatments, whether it's CBT or psychotherapy or or drug therapy, to to try and I suppose prevent anxiety or panic attacks, which is I suppose the the most severe manifestation of anxiety from occurring. What can people do in, in the moment when they're very anxious? What 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 is there any evidence of what can help? Or yeah, it's really annoying. You're going to be annoyed, James. It's the things that are true for anyone, but notoriously hard to do when you're stressed yeah. and to stick with exercise breathing techniques reduced stimulants like coffee and other stimulants and etc etc the things that we all know but it are very hard especially for adults with adhd to do there's a really fantastic list again on the nhs for self-help for anxiety there are some sort of in the moment tricks you know some of these james don't you some of, is that one you do in the moment yeah, yeah, well, yeah, why? Well, I, I've, I've kind of lost this ability. But there's a surprise: somebody with ADHD forgetting how to do something. I used to, I used to have, um, I've lost it actually, a bracelet which I used to use. You taught me about totaming, which, which isn't a sex act because obviously, Alex, if, if <laughs> oh, Alex was involved with it, it wouldn't be. Um, but the, the idea is that you, you use something physical which you can touch and step out of the moment and say. And I, my phrase would be, "It's not me; it's my ADHD." And that really helped at first in spotting my ADHD traits, which were mostly anxiety. To be fair, um, now I've lost that bracelet, and I already, I'd already kind of stopped using it anyway. If I get really anxious. Um, and we'll talk about this in personal reflections and tips. I don't have anything to stop the anxiety out, and I don't have anything that works. And what I do is just withdraw from the world and let it run its course, which isn't very helpful. And how do you get back to using one of those coping strategies that worked for a while? I, I mean, I don't know. I suppose it's trying them, but you know, you know what it's like with ADHD. Restarting something that you've stopped doing is almost anathema to us. The idea that we once did something and then whatever it is, whether it's using a piece of software, you know, having a to-do list, um, recording a podcast, you know, these things once they stop become really difficult for us to restart. So it's going to be the challenging. The activation yeah. energy needed to restart a stopped practice with ADHD, I think yeah. for everyone as well, but also mainly, for, or especially for ADHD people, absolutely huge, like climbing Everest. It is. And I think particularly when your coping strategy is just just withdraw from the world and that work, it doesn't work and it doesn't stop the, the anxiety. But once I learned that I can withdraw from the world, and I'll talk about that more in personal reflections, and the world doesn't stop that kind of became my coping strategy just let it run its course and it and it will it will pass and for most of you it genuinely it genuinely will pass um the one thing i wanted to really briefly mention before we move on to, to part two which is our personal reflections on anxiety is something which i think you're actually the person that coined this phrase although someone out there will probably be able to claim it um, other than you and that's domestic anxiety and we talk about this a lot uh, in our psychoeducation material online etc and we're going to cover this in a specific podcast because i think it's something that's really important do you want to really quickly just mention what domestic anxiety is yes yeah, so when i'm coaching people something they often struggle with is is going home to their loved ones even though they love love them and want to be peaceful want to watch emmerdale and coronation street but they can't the thought of those hours stretching out can cause real anxiety lead to substance abuse alcohol use binge eating and all those bad choices 
and just the domestic life can cause anxiety because it doesn't have structure and that is yeah. domestic anxiety my dog has it <laughs> and, and we're going to talk about this in this completely separate yeah. podcast episode it's 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 different from this which is generalized yeah. chronic anxiety over a long term it is and i think it's important because most people are aware of anxiety but most people aren't aware of and therefore might self-chastise if they get anxious about spending time with their wife or their kids, for example, that that's not something you're going to feel very good about if you feel anxious about it. So Absolutely we will cover that in its, own, in its own episode. So when we come back in part two, we're going to talk about our own personal reflections on how anxiety affects us. Welcome back to part two of the ADHD Adult UK podcast. And this episode, episode seven, is on anxiety. Before we move on to our personal reflections, I just want to give a quick shout out to Hannah. Hannah's one of our followers on Instagram. And it was Hannah that suggested we actually did an episode on anxiety. And that actually got us thinking that for once, maybe we shouldn't just think up what subjects we want to talk about and we should engage with you. So we have been asking on Instagram and Twitter, what types of things you'd like us to talk about. So in the future, we will be doing more requested subjects. But I just want to thank Hannah for giving us the, um, the the push we needed to cover something that's really important. So, Alex, how does anxiety affect you? Uh, it's one of the biggest challenges I face as an adult with ADHD is having anxiety for no specific or understandable, sorry about that, specific or understandable reason. I don't know how to deal with that. Usually with me, it's there's a long-term reason, mm. uh, a life problem that's months away that's causing my anxiety problems now, and the anxiety develops by... How I describe it, how I describe it is that I... I have levels from zero to 10 of anxiety and normal things in life. Like I've got to, you know, get the shop in and I've got to do this and I've got to do that ramp you up one at a time each time. But when I've got something on the horizon that's bothering me or I'm expecting rejection, or I'm hurt. My level's always seven. So it only takes one or two little things to raise my heart. I feel sick. I have heartburn. I have anxiety that I'm sweating. And that then can happen for weeks because it's a long-term seven and my aim is to try with coaching and with support to figure out what that seven is and get it down to something more manageable so I can take on daily anxiety without feeling the stress. Is it, am I making any sense there, James? Did you stop listening now? You, you, no, you don't, you don't normally make any sense, but I, I, do, <laughs> I do understand what, what you're saying. And again, I think it comes down to threshold, doesn't it? It's, it's another way of saying exactly that your, your, your threshold is greatly reduced. And what that means is on a, on a normal day, even as an adult with ADHD, you might be able to cope with the little things that happen that could cause anxiety because the big things in the future aren't there. But for some reason, there are going to be some periods, some days, some weeks. And, you know, we obviously we message each other a lot on WhatsApp. And one of the things I was going to talk about, I was going to ask you, what's the thing I message you most about when it comes to my coexisting conditions? And it's clearly anxiety. But I think it's yeah. the same with you. I I used to and you won't get this from this from, from the podcast. I used to kind of be a little bit in awe of Alex because I thought he had everything. I know exactly. I thought Alex had everything sorted out until we went somewhere together and I got to spend more time with him than I'd spent with him in probably 10 years. And I thought, fuck me, he's not got himself sorted out at all. Has he? I am and quite it, happy, but uh, it, it, it's, no, it's no, diagnosable, no. isn't it, James? Oh God, it, it's fucking obvious, Al. And, <laughs> but, but, to me, but to me, that was so empowering, not just because I thought he's not 
got it all screwed. <laughs> got it all sorted out. Brilliant. I just thought, well, if the person I thought was absolutely sorted isn't sorted, it's it's proof actually that that it's it's difficult, and I'm not failing. That I'm actually making progress. And that was really important. And I know, and I know, without wanting to go into too much detail, that anxiety is something that you do, you do struggle with. And I, and you know, for me, because it's so important to me, I I I know when you are having anxiety, how impactful it is on everything from your work life to your home life to to communication. And I think that threshold thing, that idea that actually, whether it's because of your ADHD or or generally things happening because of ADHD it can come on quite quickly and it can be devastating. Bloody can. Can't argue with that. I like the idea that I'm a salutary tale rather than an inspiration. But yeah, I know. You... Well, you were, well, you went from being an inspiration to a salutary <laughs> tale. They say, don't meet your heroes. You might, well, you'd never be my hero, obviously. But, um, <laughs> but don't meet your coaches. Meet your coach. Spend about 24 hours with them and realise that they're also fundamentally a useless human being as well. Yeah, um, watching that... me scrabble around a 24-hour... <laughs> garage buying a bottle of whiskey <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right, exactly exactly shoulder <laughs> shoulder monkey as i call it um fab so thank you for sharing that my personal reflections really i mean they aren't that different you know from the countless times i've messaged you saying can't do that thing today anxious can't meet today anxious can't cope today anxious that the most common thing that manifests with my adhd is anxiety it might not be the most disabling all the time but actually it's the thing that seems to happen most and i didn't have any coping mechanisms for it for a long time um it, it would be the difference between a good day and a bad day i don't know if it's the same with you but my anxiety can come on literally like that without without anything really happening without there being a precursor event or a stimulus i can go from potting around the house feeling fine to almost immediately there's something not right i've just got that kind of butterflies in the stomach slightly tight chested feeling and then within half an hour that is full-on tight chested tachycardic my heart's beating too fast i'm breathing too quickly the thought of meeting somebody that i know you know for a work meeting i cannot do it and i have to just completely withdraw and that that for me is the only it's one of the only positives of having been through a mental health crisis and getting adhd is i've now learned that it's okay to cancel meetings and and drop out of doing things whether it's a social event or a work thing because i've got anxiety the world carries on you know carries on spinning it doesn't really affect people but it means that i can cope and that for me was a massive kind of understanding to get to I think that's so common in ADHD land, whether you have anxiety or not, having an inappropriate emotional reaction quickly is the lack of cognitive inhibition that ADHD people have. That's yeah, yeah it's it's absolutely typical, I would say, James. Yeah, completely. Okay. So have we got tips? Have you got what's your top tip then for dealing with your anxiety? And I think we've already established that it's something you, you struggle with, so this might not be. It, so it is. For us. I've not. I've not got anything that's practical. But what I would say to those of you that have anxiety associated with your ADHD, it, it's. I'm going to repeat pretty much what I said in the, in the in the last section, which is, the world won't stop if you cancel something. And one of the most one of the most empowering things that I've managed to develop, whether you call it a coping mechanism or whether it's just borrowing some of Alex's psychopathy, is I've learned actually that. I can say, no, I'm not coming to that birthday party. 
because I don't feel not because I don't feel well. Yeah, I generally don't feel safe there. I've learned that if I'm having a terrible day at work, I can cancel four meetings and say to people, "Having a bad day, let's meet next week." I've learned that for me, it's okay to sit on a beanbag in the bedroom watching cartoons and eating sweets because that's the only place that I feel safe. Now, not everybody has the luxury of having a, a job like I do in academia for now, um, which means that I can just cancel meetings and and do my work later in the day or earlier in the day. But but for me, the the most powerful thing that I've learned in terms of my anxiety is that when I've got it, just walk away from the things that are going to make it worse and it will pass. So if you struggle with anxiety and if the kind of the, the five, four, three, two, one tricks, the, the talking out loud, you know, reminding yourself that you're in a safe environment tricks, if they don't work, then start to learn to accept that if you can't do something because of your anxiety it's okay don't chastise yourself don't hate yourself because you can't go to that social event or or, or meet with that person who you, you normally would be able to it's okay it's okay to not do things unless it's something i want you to do then you should which just suck course, in and do it. yeah which of course i wouldn't do anyway because <laughs> no, no, in, in wanting to do it it'd be straight off my list what about you alex what would you say your top tips are um, the the no, no guilt thing you've said, James, is it's like kind of the number one thing. In terms of doing something about it, I do have a, as you put it, a totem. I have a, a, something I keep around my wrist and I've learned to like force myself to assign that to to something, a, a reminder that's very personal to me of 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 what what's real in my life. And I touch it when I need to. And it, it helps me, always has. I've, I've had that though for 20 years before I knew I had ADHD. The other thing is, to try and learn the self-coaching or self-awareness awareness techniques to get some handle on the root cause of your anxiety. Such a foggy thing, stress, and, and often I'm worried about something else in, in, in entirely, really. Thinking is hard, though, and it's tricky to get there and get to that point. It's only then with that bloody tricky thought that I can do something about it. That's that's my tip. Um, well, I hope, yeah, well, hopefully there's something in... in in our tips which will help people it's a difficult one isn't it because particularly when you're in the moment of having an anxiety attack there's there's kind of little that there's evidence that it works like i say right, the kind man. of the five things that you can see that kind of thing can help ground yourself and realize that you are safe etc um but i think for me the key thing is is to try and emotionally accept sometimes you're going to be anxious and yeah. and that you can if you can find ways of avoiding situations that you know are going to cause you anxiety without limiting yourself too much or feeling guilt about it or dealing with situations um in a way that's not going to make you feel guilt after you've avoided them, that can really help um, we've just got time, Alex, for another game of what is oh, forgotten. No. <laughs> you thought I'd forgotten, didn't you? So we've quickly got a, a time for a round of what's James forgotten, mislaid, or, or lost this week. So as, as usual, there are three options. I think the score is still is it is it one you've got right, Al, so far? I got a half a point last time. Yeah, I, I think you claimed half a point, which I did not award you. So the three options, and they're all they're all related this week, Al. So um did I forget to purchase insurance for my company? Believe it or not, I have a company. Um, did I forget to purchase insurance for my car? Or did I forget to renew the insurance for my house? Which is so this isn't fair because it could literally be all three things. I know, exactly. I recently had to pay a cat bill at the vet for 360 quid because i forgot to continue well, this is, i mean this is this is this is this is why i've asked this because it leads us <sighs> on to all the adhd tax conversation i think house 
Um, I'm going to give you a third of a point because it's all three. It's <laughs> um, all three. I said that. Yeah, said that. I'm yeah, taking a point. Okay, I'm having a point. Have, you can have a point. I will sometimes slip slip in ones where it's all three. Yeah, all three, and that that I've also not changed my life insurance since remortgaging, or or done other things which are probably going to have financial ramifications because I clearly can't remember to. So yeah, I'll give you a point. Just about. We're having. I'm having a podcast on ADHD tax as well because it's so right. It's it, no, it, it it is. Um, we've just got time for a product recommendation of the week, and this week I'm going to briefly mention something which is related to last episode. So in the last episode we talked about access to work and about reasonable adjustments, and as part of my access to work, I was provided with a dictaphone, and it's actually really useful. The dictaphone I was given. Um, is digital and it connects via Wi-Fi to your computer. So it sends the recordings that you've got straight to your computer. So you've got recordings on there. And for me, particularly, I'm not so much a pen and paper person as Alex is. Having a dictaphone is a great way if you're in a meeting, um, and particularly if you're muted and you need to say something or remind yourself of something later, or even just during general daily activities, something crops up and you haven't got anything to write it down with, you can obviously use your smartphone as well stick it in the dictaphone and then it's there so you can remember it later on it's a great way of making up for the deficits we've got in working memory so that's our product recommendation of the week so that brings us to the end of episode seven of the adhd adult uk podcast in this episode we've talked about anxiety the various ways in which it manifests our personal reflections and some top tips alex anything you'd like to say before we go no I was going to make a dictaphone joke, and I wisely abstained, so I'm really happy oh, about that. That's, there's an element of control and impulse, impulsiveness that you managed to have um, appropriately some control <laughs> over them. I know. Okay, if, that's, if, that, if, that, if that's the case, then um, thanks, as usual, everybody, for listening. Uh, uh, if you need to get in touch with us, um, usual channels, UK on Instagram or on Twitter. We've also got the website. As we mentioned earlier, shout out for Hannah for recommending that we do a podcast on anxiety. And if there's a subject you'd like us to cover, then please get in touch on social media. And if it's something that we um, we agree really needs to be covered, we will stick it on the list. So until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye all. <laughs>